This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And all right, here we go. We're heading into the last week of spring football. And we've covered it pretty good here. Getting to hear from all these coaches. And this time, it's the linebackers. We get to hear from Jay Bateman, the inside linebackers coach. Derek Wingo, Shamar James, Scooby Williams. Plenty, plenty right here to get into on this episode of Gators Breakdown. But yeah, Billy Napier, unbelievable competition, he calls it. And you'll get to hear all this, all these players involved, new faces in the room as well. So what we'll get to on this episode of Gators Breakdown. And of course, it's been a bit since we've talked some recruiting, but heading into the spring game, there'll be com- uh, some, some commits. There'll be some uncommitted prospects, some high-ranking targets that'll be on campus for the spring game. So there's plenty to get into on the recruiting trail. As we head into, I mean, it, it's it's crazy heading into the last week of spring football. I um been enjoying it. I mean, of course, it's a lot of positive mojo right now. You're hearing some good news happening. It's kind of the nature of spring football, but I think there's some good to take away from it. I think some of this good would translate into the season, but maybe even this linebacker room a bit. I think there's a lot to be excited about here with some of the new faces and the development of that position group. But yeah, plenty to get into. Plenty to get into on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button before we get to all this talk about the linebackers and the recruiting trail. Join Gators Breakdown Plus if you don't mind. Link is in the description. You can help support Gators Breakdown that way as well. With those likes and subscribes on YouTube, if you want to support even more, you can join Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. You get access to that Discord server and I can bet the recruiting channel on there is going to be a a, a hot, hot this week. So if you want to get in on that conversation, join the Discord on Gators Breakdown Plus. Hey, you get those if you listen to the podcast version, not here live on YouTube or not the replay on YouTube, but if you listen to the podcast version, you get ad-free episodes as well as for being a Gators Breakdown Plus member. So if you don't want those pesky ads sometimes, there's another benefit of being a Gators Breakdown Plus member. So, all right, let's get to it right here. Talking linebackers, and let's get straight to Billy Napier right after the second scrimmage. And he made sure to point this position group out. Let's hear from the head man himself about the linebacker group. We have unbelievable competition in that room. Uh, we've added, you know, a lot of good players to that room. And then some of the players on our team that are returning, uh, Scooby in particular, I think has had a, a great uh, spring camp. So, there's competition in that room. Manny Nunnery is a factor. Uh, obviously, with Wingo being out, you know, other guys are getting reps. Um, 
Luke Spurlock, Jaden Robinson, uh, Shamar James, we all know what he's capable of being. So that group has improved year two in the system and certainly a ton of competition, I think, is forcing the issue there. There we go. Competition. Once again, unbelievable competition. And, hey, this is a group last year where, hey, we were pointing to Ventura Miller, we were pointing to Amari Bernie, and then we didn't know what else to point to. I mean, you know, Derek Wingo hadn't had much playing time. You will get to hear from him about last season and going into this season. And uh, interesting storylines going along with Derek Wingo. But, I mean, Miller, Bernie were the only guys, and they elevated their play, I thought. You know, Miller was dealing with injury, get suspended for the first half of the FSU game, and, you know, some other players have to step up in, in, in those moments. Amari Bernie made absolute jump in his last year. Absolutely. The best year of Amari Bernie's career was last year, starting off with that. Hey, look, not many people can cover those Utah tight ends. I tried to tell everybody that, so I wasn't going to grade Amari Bernie on that, but he comes up with a game-winning interception anyway, forced turnovers all season long, was able to be a pass rusher at times, too. I mean, they unlocked something with Amari Bernie last year. And I'm not going to sit here and say he was the perfect linebacker by any means, but he did make leaps and bounds with his production. And now you got guys that you're developing. You're Shamar James, you're Scooby Williams, and Derek Wingo as well. And then the new faces. I mean, Florida, you, you, you'll hear Jay Bateman talk about it, but they had to, they had to go hit the transfer portal just because of how the room was constructed before and how they came into that room. So they had to go hit the transfer portal for experience and for depth. But we'll get into all that right there. But Napier putting some high praise on this linebacker group. A couple of players in particular that we'll get into. Scooby Williams, Manny Nunnery. Nunnery, I'll tell you. Uh, you're going to hear his name a lot here and how athletic he is. I'm excited to hear. I've been hearing his name sprinkled into spring practice reports a bit. So one transfer to look out for there. But let's get to it. Let's get straight to the linebacker room with inside linebacker coach Jay Bateman and Derek Wingo on the room and what Derek Wingo has been going through last season and as he's hurt right now, not going through spring practice. Yeah, he wears me out. So he stands right beside me and asks me every play, like, what's going on? Who should have had that guy? So, um, you, know, I, you know, obviously, you know, Derek's physically limited and he's getting better. He looks pretty good right now physically. Um, you know, obviously he's still, you know, a little bit away with the shoulder, but, you know, he, he's running. I think he's in really good shape. And I think mentally he's taking his game to another level. And uh, yeah, I got my, you know, we'll, be, we'll be a lot better football team when he's back. What do you make of his resiliency throughout his Yeah, he's career? a tough dude um, who really loves football, who really loves the University of Florida. And you can count on him. You know, he's a guy you can say, I, I, you know, this guy's going to show up every day. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, he, I mean, I think part of it's his mom and dad, the way he was raised, you know, and, and I think football is a big deal to him. And I think we need more like him. But he's a kid who, you know, yeah, I think he's a really mature kid um, who's kind of – had to wait his turn a little bit, who's really put in effort and really put in work, and he's out there right now, and he sees it, it's driving him crazy. But, you know, I, I think he knows when it's time he'll be ready to go. Uh, spring's been pretty good so far, uh, doing all my recovery and rehab. Um, I'd say the best thing, I think, for me is to be able to just be in the playbook, be able to coach guys. Um, I think it's pretty cool being on the sidelines and uh, helping guys like Scooby Williams and Shamar James, tuning everything up, uh, Taraja Mitchell, all these guys, uh, the new guys who came in, Manny and Deuce. Um, I feel like we've come together kind of as a really good group, so it's uh, pretty cool to be able to coach them and be around them all day. I'm pretty good. Everything's on track. Um, everything's going really, really well after surgery. Um, I've been doing pretty much workouts and everything, so, yeah, everything looks like it's pretty good. 
For me personally, I feel like I've waited through this opportunity for a long time. Uh, I've been here, been behind Ben Trump, been behind all these guys, and I'm waiting for the opportunity to be able to show uh, the type of player and the type of leader that I can be. So, uh, no, I'm really excited just to kind of get out back on the field, be able to uh, show what I can do, and uh, just motivate everyone around me. You know, I would love to see other guys do great as well. So, um, when, you know, when you see guys like Scooby, I mean, all all uh, spring, you see guys like Sh- Scooby and Shamar and Taraja go out there and make a huge play. I mean, that gets me excited and uh, it gets me pumped up. So I'm super excited to see those guys play and I'm super excited to get back. I don't think everyone knows the full extent of what you battled through injury-wise, maybe going back the full year. Could you go, if you want to, go into maybe a little bit? Because I think people just think what the bowl game injury was just what you're dealing with. Can you go through really – everything you battled from the last year? Yeah, so all of last year, I pretty much played with the the small foot injury. Um, and my shoulder's been like a, kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, so kind of after the season, I decided to finally have the surgery and get it done. Uh, obviously, it was tough playing with it all year. Uh, that was something I kind of had decided. Uh, me and the trainers kind of got together and felt like I could be able to play the season with it. And that's what I did. And um, confident after getting everything healed up and good, that I'd be able to come back this year a lot stronger. The biggest thing I would say for that is kind of being like almost like a coach to these guys. Um, I think it's pretty good because I know a lot of uh, the defense and I'm very confident in a lot of things. So uh, me and Coach Bateman go back and forth and be like, hey, grab him and, and coach him up on what he did wrong. So that's like the quickest thing. I'm, I'm next to him the entire time. And when someone either makes a mistake or something like that, I go and grab him, um, be able to coach him up, get it right. So when they go back on the field, uh, they have it executed. And then just being a leader standpoint, you know, just being out there with the guys in general every day, being able to motivate them. You know, when they're getting in the huddle, I'm getting there with them, I'm hyping up just as if I would uh, when I'd be playing. So so I'm super excited for Shamar. He's, he's like a little brother to me. So um, to be able to see him grow from last year to this year, I think it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Just his attention to detail, be able to understand the scheme a lot better, uh, be more aggressive, be able to just play comfortably, you know, not understanding everything and how it is uh, playing in the SEC um, and just kind of knowing things out of the back of his head now. He's able to just go play now. So, that I mean, that's what you look for in a player. So that's really good. Scooby was able to play on the edge uh, when he was younger, too. So I think uh, he brings a lot to the room, a lot of versatility. Um, he's able to play on the edge and, and play inside. So uh, I think he's been doing a great job being able to just be versatile, being a uh, kind of like a two-way player where he's able to play on the inside and on the outside. So I think that's, that's something that can help our defense. And I think that's something that will uh, show in the future. You know, I, I feel like it was tough, but uh, kind of understanding and just buying into the program, um, understanding that um, – these guys want what's best for you. And as long as you kind of put your head down and, and uh, work really, really hard, you, you know, be able to kind of get what you want in the future. And obviously um, everything didn't go my way right away, but uh, kind of just be able to stay working hard and stick to the process, um, battle injuries and just everything that was uh, going back and forth. And now being able to just to be confident, be able to go out and uh, be successful this year. There we go. Derek Wingo and Jay Bateman talking about, you know, Derek Wingo and his, and his progress as a, as a leader and this staff, wanted him around as a leader. These players look up uh, to Derek Wingo. You know, there might have been some transfer thoughts or, you know, something entering his mind uh, after last season, but you heard, you know, limited by injuries just a bit and even more so. I mean, I'll let you guys know uh, it was the FSU game when we kind of saw him on, you know, get that first half explaining playing experience with, with Ventral Miller being out and there's Ventral Miller and he's playing hurt uh, or um, Derek Wingo and he's playing hurt. So um, I didn't hear that until that game. I didn't know how serious the injury was. I had heard some rumblings, uh, but not really much until that FSU game uh, and, and being told, Hey, look, he's out there playing hurt. And then we all saw it on display with the shoulder uh, in the bowl game out there, giving it his all making plays uh, and you know he, he was he was all over the field, uh, but you could tell he was severely limited by that shoulder, and they eventually t- you know took him out there. But you know even in, in a bowl game that was not going too well for Florida, Derek Wingo was one player out there giving it his all. So 
absolute leader. This staff wanted him around. They wanted him around these transfers. They wanted him around these young players. Uh, and he's whether he turns out to be what we thought maybe at one time or maybe what we think he can be on the field, I'm certainly pulling for him just because of the, the, the person he is, the kid he is. Hopefully that translates on the field as well. But if it doesn't, believe me, he is absolutely a role model for a lot of these young players and the staff and the team as well. So uh, Derek Wingo, great leader. Uh, and, you know, hopefully when he gets healthy and he's on the field, you know, he'll, he'll provide a, I think, you know, probably looking at a four man group here to probably lead this linebacker group. I think you start with Shamar and Scooby, who's been getting the bulk of the reps because Wingo's been out this spring. But also, I do think, especially Shamar, at least, and as spring goes on, Scooby has taken advantage, and we'll hear about that. Uh, but, you know, it goes four deep, and Shamar, I think, was going to be in that rotation anyway. Uh, you know, it may be starting anyway, maybe alongside Wingo. Uh, you know, we'll see how, how it breaks out. But it's been Shamar, Scooby, the top two. Taraj has been... We'll get into him a bit too here in just a second, but he's been limited somewhat this spring as well. So it's been the young bucks. It's been true sophomore Shamar James taking advantage. It's been Scooby Williams taking advantage as more. Look, remember, go back to uh, spring preview. And we saw that roster come out before spring and it's Scooby Williams listed as edge and myself. I admit I got a little bit excited because that was his role in high school, more of his role in high school. And given Florida's depth problems at the edge spot, maybe Scooby's a better fit there. Well, he's taking advantage of the opportunity at inside linebacker this spring and has absolutely benefited from it. So it gives Florida four guys, I think. Mitchell back now, we should see him in the spring game. Uh, he, he was back last week uh, in a larger capacity to go along with Shamar James, Scooby Williams, Derek Wingo, out there at, like, a, like a coach right now, being able to take everything he learned last year, apply it to the other players, but at the same time, you know, hopefully growing himself and you know, maybe realizing you know, what he can do once he gets back on the field this fall. But as I said, this spring, pretty much, it's been Shamar James and Scooby Williams. So let's hear from those guys. And Jay Bateman. So you'll hear Jay Bateman first. Then you'll hear from Shamar. Then you'll hear from Scooby. Shamar played about 400 snaps last year. So, I mean, that's a lot for a true freshman. And, and I think especially this is his first spring practice because he wasn't, he wasn't a mid-year enrollee last year. So I, th I think Shamar is really, really talented. Um, and I think, you know, the thing I love about him is if, if I say something to him or Coach Armstrong says something to him, like it gets applied the next day. And so I think, you know, I think he's got a really high ceiling. I think he's going to play a bunch of football here, and he's going to be a really good player. Spring has been very productive for the uh, inside linebacker group. Uh, we have some young guys come in, like uh, Jaden Robinson, that's getting a lot of reps. And I feel like uh, I stepped up to the plate to be that uh, next leader. I'm communicating more. I'm more vocal this year. So I feel like it's been a, a pretty productive spring. How was your first year and just getting to play as a freshman and all the experience you got? Yeah, um, my first year, um, it, was, it was fun. You know, playing beside uh, Ventrell and Bernie, you know, it was an experience to have, you know, to have those uh, – mature group of guys in that room um i feel like my uh, freshman year was a blast what, what was it like learning to play coach Bain was talking about how 
there was a time early in the year we only like knew one side or one side. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, as you can tell in the Utah game, I I feel like I was just getting my feet wet. Um, the game was a lot faster compared to high school, and I feel like um, as the as the season went on, I feel like I got more comfortable in the defense. Yeah, he said by the end of the season you could pretty much do everything. Yeah. Um, what was it like kind of making that progress? How much did he help you with that? Um, he, Coach Bateman helped me a lot. Um, like I said, Coach Bateman of Ventrell, Bernie, they, they helped me a lot. We got extra film study, you know, after practice, uh, before games. And I'll say um, from, from the time from Utah game to Oregon State, I feel like I became a, a whole different player. What was your biggest area of growth? Um, probably communication, um, becoming a 4D player, as Coach Bateman said, like knowing what I have and what the player uh, besides me uh, has to do as well. Okay. Are what, you a 4D player yet? Uh, I feel like I'm getting there. I'm pretty close. I'm 3D pretty close. right now? Or? 3D, three and a half D. <laughs> what, what, what is that taking from you? You talk about extra film study. What do you do on your own? What, mm -hmm. what kind of commitment do you have to make to be that? Mm -hmm. I'll say um, overall confidence and just um, knowing the defense as a whole. Um, just knowing, like, you know, like take a picture, um, Coach Bateman say, take a picture of the play before the ball snaps. Um, who can motion, you know, like the, the things that can change before the ball actually snaps. So I feel like that that helped me um, become a more knowledgeable player. Wingo, he, he brings a lot of energy to the room. He's another guy, um, an older guy. And I'll say um, Wingo, he's just the, the light of the room. Um, you know, maybe he may not be practicing right now, but he's still, you know, telling Jaden where to go, you know, how to do it and how to properly do it. And I'll say um, Wingo, he's he's kind of like that that on the field coach, you know, like that player that you can come up come to and be like, uh, what do, what did I do wrong? He'll tell you. So I feel like uh, I really appreciate Wingo. Yeah, I think the guy that's jumping out right at us right now is Scooby Williams. And um, you know, Scooby's a really unique player. You know, at the end of the season, we were doing some pretty creative things with him, and I think uh, I mean I, I think he has a chance to be really good. You know, so I, I think Taraja was back today. Right and uh, and did a really good job. You know, he's a little bit. Little, the heat's a little different here than Columbus, Ohio. He found that out. But uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I think it, it's a really really competitive room. Right with some really good players. Uh, Scooby, he can do it all. Like he can he can play inside linebacker. Mike, he can play star. Like I mean, it's it's a lot. It's, it's going to be hard to find something he can't do. So um, I, I'm I'm glad to be playing next to Scooby. I hate to play against him. Basically, I used to play um, outside linebacker, rush the pass on the edge in high school. Um, kind of brought that over to Florida, and when I. Got I got here, I started playing inside linebacker with Coach Shiro. He got me to where I am today. Uh, Coach Nate Pierce saying what I can do at high school, what I show a glimpse in practice. So uh, just doing whatever I could do to help the team win, being a team player. Yeah, and Coach Bateman was saying a similar thing, too, that they were doing some fancy things with you at the end of last year, kind mm -hmm. of moving you around in unique roles, and you could see something big coming from that. What did that look like, I guess? What were some of the interesting things they were doing with you? Mm, just keep me on the edge. It's basically like reliving high school, except on a greater level and greater scale, uh, just making me comfortable wherever I'm at. Um, good coaches are going to put me in great positions, so that's what that leads to. Me, I'm more vocal. When I got here in high school, I was never like the loudest person. But um, being here, being uh, a key key player in the uh, defense, you gotta you gotta be vocal. The swamp gets loud, practice gets loud. You just gotta be vocal on and off the field. Your teammates feed off you; they feed off me. So just being up with my guys and my teammates and my coaches. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
There we go, hearing from that group. And hey, we've we got a lot to digest there, right? And uh, I want to go, you know, Harrison Sanchez right here in the YouTube comments. It's live right here. Ask a good question. Uh, if Taraja, Shamar, and Derek are all healthy, which two start? And man, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, Shamar, all SEC last year, you heard, you know, what, 400 snaps last year as, a, as an all SEC freshman. I mean, I'd, li- I'd like to say Shamar because I think he's. I think he's the co- I think he's a complete package there. Um, to Raj, I'd like to see how much you know how much the spring him missing spring hurt him. I think that's the the big question there. Um, but also, you know, if you play in the Utah team as well, where I think you could instead of Scooby maybe getting a start, you could start the two of Taraja Shamar or Shamar Derek. Um, so, you know, I think how much does experience come into play? Uh, we'll get into that in just a second with Taraja Mitchell. Uh, I, I think that could come into play a bit as well. So if you nail me down, um, I'll say I, I'll go with the guys taking the reps in spring right now. I'll go Shamar and Scooby um, just because lately, and I'll go back to Scooby right quick. I've, I'm telling you, I've heard his name a lot probably in the last couple of weeks and asking around of who's showing out in spring practice and some of the spring practice report uh, Gaines Vegas is putting up on the Gator Collective message board is you're seeing the athleticism of a Scooby Williams. And I think he's found a home at at this linebacker spot. And how it's working out right now is he's in that inside linebacker room, uh, of course, and on first, second down, that's where he's at. He's inside linebacker. But if they're successful on first and second down and getting the offense in third down, a third down passing situation, they're moving him outside. They're moving him you know, more of an edge, and he's and he's pass rushing in, in in that spot at times. So a versatile piece that you can keep on the field. You don't have to take him off, you know. And so I, I, I like that. If it's an obvious passing situation, they can just slide him over, uh, and you know just have Shamar. Or and one of these other guys just in the middle, so it adds another pass rusher at times for Florida. Gets able for them to get creative uh, at times. I wonder can they even get creative? And you, you heard Jamar bring it up, saying, "Hey, he can even play star if he wanted to." So can they slide him out that way a little bit? You know, in, in some of these exotic formations uh, that we're going to see, you know, you have guys dropping in the coverage a lot in, in this defense from unexpected situ or unexpected. Uh, scenarios in unexpected positions. Uh, so Scooby's going to be on the field a lot, I, I think, just because of how versatile he is. And look, and I know going back to the last half, versatility was kind of a negative factor uh, on, on the defense because they were trying to recruit and fit so many pieces that weren't necessarily true linebackers and trying to make them linebackers. And we saw, you know, they weren't able to develop Amari Bernie quick enough. And I think he, he made a huge jump with Jay Bateman coaching him last year. And a guy like Derek Wingo, who's obviously a linebacker now, just because he's been there uh, and, and developed there over the last few years. You know, we were wondering, you know, he, more of an edge player in high school, but then switching uh, to linebackers. So Florida, of course, was able, you know, this new staff, uh, great that they were able to keep Shamar James, a, you know, a true linebacker, able to keep him in the class. Um, you know, once the, the coaching transition happened, there was, of course, some question there. Would he, would, would he go to Auburn? You know, was, was, was the other school coming along there? Uh, so, and now I think versatility, if coached right, it, it's okay. And used right is okay. So uh, I do think the versatility, the athleticism of what they're figuring out with Scooby Williams could be a plus uh, for, for the Gator linebacker core this year. But Shamar James, you know, going to him. First spring, 
you know, one of the few players last year, one of the few players last year is we've talked about all spring is how much can they grow now getting their first spring? They didn't get this last year. And we saw how fast, as he said, I was better in game one than I was game 12. Well, how fast would that progression have been had he been in spring last year? Maybe be even faster. So now he gets spring this year, another developmental piece for him, all the pre-spring conditioning and workouts, he gets that now as well. So Shamar James was the guy who was coming along as each game passed along last year. And now let's not forget development, guys. I mean, development is still a huge, huge part right here. And, you know, we don't have to – not every guy has to be instant. And you know, Shamar was in, in some regards, all SEC linebacker. You know, but game one to game 12, that's development. Now what about season one to season two? I'm excited for that development where you make a, a lot of your gains in the offseason. Reviewing film should be a lot easier for Shamar James this year. Well, easier is probably not the, the, the right word for it, but in, in some ways, yes, it, it is. It should be easier for, for him to go out there and play the game. And hopefully we see some steps of him becoming, you know, in all, almost every down linebacker for the Gators. A lot to be excited for. I mean, all those reps that he put together last year, game one to game 12, out there making plays. And, you know, last year, you know, the, as I said, the, the, the depth at linebacker, he, he had to go play. And good for him to be able to go out there and, and, and do it and do it at a high level at times. We saw glimpses as a true freshman. So now let's see. Let, let's, uh, let's see. Let's see the year one to year two jump that we're expecting to see. You know, a, a Trevor Etienne on the offensive side of the ball. Chris McClellan, a guy who will be in front of Shamar James, a year one to year two jump. And there, there's a few players we're looking for that year one to year two jump. So, you know, the depth, well, it caused Florida to get some experience last year. And hopefully that experience pays off this year for like one Shamar James. But there we go. There's a little bit on your two linebackers who have gotten most of the snaps. Most of the starting snaps this spring. But what about these new faces? All these transfers Florida brought in. You know, Manny Nunnery, Taraja Mitchell, Deuce Spurlock. Here's Bateman, Shamar, and Scooby on those new faces of those transfers. I, I think we got really, really lucky with Manny Nunnery. Right, the, the, who transferred him from Houston, who is a super athlete and a really, really bright football player. They did a great, you know, Coach Belk did a great job with him. So that, you know, there's a kid who can run, who understands coverages, can play a lot of different positions. And I've been really impressed with him. You know, Taraja. You know, we really wanted a bigger. We wanted a. a we wanted a kid with one year left who was a big Mike, and and that's what he is. Right, he's a big punch a hole in you. Right, we kind of looked at a bunch of guys and felt strongest about him. I, you know, I, I had a relationship with him from high school, and his high school coach. So when he came in the portal, we were able to kind of jump ahead of some teams because he was, you know, you guys can ask him out. He had like something ridiculous, like a thousand direct messages on Twitter the day he went in the, in the portal. So, um, you know, so I think those two, and then, you know, and then Deuce Spurlock, you know, uh, Coach Napier had recruited at Louisiana and had a, he had a real strong opinion of him. So when he went in, we, we were able to jump to the front of the line there. So, you know, we, we knew when we got here that transfer portal was going to be, an, was going to be important to the linebacker room, right, with just the age of the room, right? And so um, we were, I think we were really fortunate to get three guys, two of whom I think are going to play significant reps it's a really cool room to walk into right now because I really have no idea who's going to play you know I think it's up to them and they've all got you know it's a little bit 
I was talking to Paul, you know, our trainers, a little bit like a bullpen. You know, you kind of got, you know, you got some guys that have different skills that, you know, it's our job as coaches to put them in the game when those skills are applied. Taraji, he played, he played a lot of ball. He played a lot of ball, and he was he was great at it. Uh, like you said, at Ohio State, and I feel like uh, Taraji he brings in that leadership. Like he, he, he definitely can you definitely can feel it when you coming out inside linebacker room, and, and definitely in our unit room. Um, so I feel like he's going to be a, a great player this year as well, leading our defense. Well, I'm gonna start with Taraji. You know Taraji, he's from Ohio State. Um, he's been playing the game for a long time, so he brings a lot of experience, a lot of stuff that I don't know. Some of my other linebackers may not know. He didn't already did it. He didn't play on the big a big stage, and. Um, just for Manny, Manny's a freak athlete. Like having him is great. Uh, he's, he, he does some things in practice. Like wow, you feel just open your eyes and do. You know he's a young buck. He keep me young. So uh, yeah, he make plays all the time. So yeah, it's, it's great having all these guys here because we need them. Because we need them. Absolutely, Florida needed them. We we knew Florida was going to have to be aggressive in the transfer portal. And it look, of course, we know that the sound bites are going to sound positive and stuff, but it. it I think genuinely it sounds like a pretty competitive, positive experience this spring in that linebacker room. And you even heard Bateman. I mean, you asked a question earlier. I mean, Harrison asked if Taraja, Shamar, Derek are all healthy, which two start? It doesn't even sound like Bateman knows who will start. He's, and I think that's a good thing in a way. I don't think that's a, I don't, I, I don't take that in a negative way when you hear, uh, what what they're having to say and what I'm kind of hearing behind the scenes for this group right now. And look, it's spring, of course, and it, I think even a lot of the stuff, what we're going to hear behind the scenes is going to be more on the positive side as well. But nature of the beast, and hopefully it, it comes along as as finally a difference maker uh, for, for this defense. But uh, starting you know, Manny Nunnery that may, may be a name too. Uh, I, I mentioned the four that we're going to be discussing. Well, now Nunnery is getting rave reviews as well as, as very, very athletic. Him and Scooby might be kind of splitting reps of maybe doing the same thing that they're asking, you know, inside linebacker for a second down, third down. If you're on the field, you know, you're, you're more of a pass rusher. Or Nunnery, I've, I've heard dropping in coverage and, and, and being an asset there, making plays as a, as a coverage linebacker. So Nunnery... Special teams and you know, linebacker as well, be able to use the athleticism to go make some plays. Taraja Mitchell, the transfer from Ohio State, good to have that experience. And you heard him say there, like going, we talked to previous coordinators in Ohio State. He had previous coordinators as well. He's been through change before and had to learn along with it. Now, hopefully, you know, he's back and healthy and, and, and practicing. Uh, there for the Gators, dealt with some injuries last year, already some minor injuries here in spring. So hopefully, you know, he's fully able, ready to go this spring. Uh, but as you said, with all his experience that he brings, that he can share uh, with, with this, with, with some of these young linebackers as well. I mean, he's going to be on the field a lot, as playing a lot of football. And how fast, you know, can he come back from some of the time that he missed uh, this spring? But you look at him, and he's more, as you heard him say, the, the mic there at the linebacker spot for the Gators and more of that run stuffer make plays behind the line of scrimmage linebacker. And we'll get into <laughs> that in just a second, but because um, there's a aspect of, of course, the defensive line in front of you. And um, Bateman has some stuff to say on that as well, but I think you're looking at you know two different the, the linebackers you brought in through the transfer portal that have experience. There are two completely 
completely different linebackers. The Mike went to Roger Mitchell and the Will with Manny Nunnery. So excited that you got some versatility between the two guys and the different kinds. Versatility in the room is what I mean there. One guy who, bigger body, going to go hit the running back in the hole, make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. That was some of the highlights that we saw of Taraja Mitchell. When we talked highlights of Taraja Mitchell's career, there were some plays behind the line of scrimmage there at Ohio State. But you heard Bateman say, in talking about those two, Deuce Burlock, very young player, played one season at Michigan from Louisiana. Billy Napier had a relationship with him. Developmental linebacker. As I said, the versatility here in the room you got one guy that you can now develop along the way. But you heard Bateman say, Manny, Taraja, significant snaps for those two. They're going to be in the rotation. So when I, I, I need to throw my own self under the bus here. I put four when we were talking about it earlier. I still think it's going to mainly be those four if Taraja and Derek Wingo are healthy, Shamar and Scooby taking the reps in spring. But shame on myself for forgetting Manny Nunnery everything that I've heard and these sound bites here about him coming along. So good there, good, good gets in the transfer portal for the Gators at the linebacker spot. Some versatility in the room with the types of the, the, the types that they brought in. Uh, Napier also spoke very highly of Taraja Mitchell after the last scrimmage, as he's working his way back, everything you want in a leader he is that vocal. He's going to be that vocal leader for the defense, probably. Of course, the linebacker room, but maybe even that team vocal leader, defense vocal leader. You know, Florida's missed that, I think, a, a bit, is that, that loud vocal leader on defense. Now, of course, things have to go well. Is that part of it? You know, most of the time things go well and then that happens. You know, you, you can't manufacture just because you got a loud talk or that doesn't necessarily mean. You go go out there and make some plays, or make make your teammates go out there and make some plays. But if there's some quiet confidence, and we've seen the highlights for this defense all spring with Austin Armstrong running up and down the sideline, all his excitement, all these players, Coach Bateman spoke to that to just how different it is with that type of energy in the room. But Napier said, everything you want in the leader able to adjust, learn different defenses since he went through the coordinator changes at Ohio State. Quote from Billy Napier, he's an alpha and a great communicator. That is Billy Napier on to Roger Mitchell. All right, so before we end it there for the linebackers, let's go even more on Bateman. As Mitchell said, Austin with... Um, with Austin Armstrong and this defense. He said the defense is very user-friendly. That's what Austin Armstrong brings to the table as a defensive coordinator. Very beneficial since Armstrong is adjusting his terminology to fit what the players know. We've heard that, but we've even more confirmed that now. But the players are responding to his energy and coaching. And going back to one topic that I was just bringing up just a second ago, Bateman on the defensive line, the defensive line to help in front of them. The transfers Florida has brought there. The development of young players up there on the defensive line. Bateman says, of course, you know, with that development, all the players that they brought in, the impact that the defense 
the defensive front has for the linebackers is an 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. That's how impactful he believes that his defensive line is for the Gators. He says Shamar has told him that he feels a lot better with this defensive line in front of him. And it's beneficial, of course. It makes sense. We, we've known that. These linebackers have, getting, have been getting eaten up by run games the last couple of years of offensive linemen just being able to tee off on the linebackers because there's not a lot of depth on the defensive line. There's not a lot of playmakers on the defensive line. Through this spring, that may be a bit better once we get to fall. You know, they're going against a pretty good offensive line for what the Gators have. You know, a little bit beat up right now. But linebackers through this spring have been a bit more protected. So it's beneficial having the defensive line take up blocks so these linebackers can go and make the tackle. So not only a better defensive line just for themselves, but a better defensive line helps the linebackers. All relationship there in the front seven or however many Florida will have up there. Front six. Front six to seven. There we go. And <laughs> depending on the defense. But yeah, there we go. Good stuff from Jay Bateman, Derek Wingo, Shamar James, Scooby Williams. On this linebacker room, on all these new faces through the transfer portal. As we said, about five names here that you can point to at the linebacker spot now that you may end up feeling pretty comfortable with. All right, let's get to a bit of recruiting before we sign off on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Visits happening this past weekend. Visits going to be taking place for the spring game on Thursday night. Maybe, maybe, maybe some possible commits mm-hmm. on the way. I mean, you're looking at it around the spring game with all the, uh, all the recruits on campus for the visit. But let's go. Visitors for the spring game, I think, maybe to look out for. DJ Lagway, commit on campus for the spring game. Five-star edge, Colin Simmons. I mean, you got your quarterback there. You can't want you going to be around all these big targets that Florida's going to have on campus. Start with DJ Lagway. Then Edge Colin Simmons, another five-star. Might be on the outside looking in, but you get him on campus to see what happens. Xavier Philsummy. Five-star safety. Get into that one in just a second. I think that was one to watch out for. Maybe commit watch. Four-star defensive lineman Demirian Johnson. Four-star running back Kanan Daniels. Ty Hilton, three-star offensive tackle, and then three-star edge from Gainesville, Kendall Jackson. I think those are guys that you can look out for at the spring game on Thursday, and then maybe some for commit watch. Now, not necessarily timeline-wise of committing this week, committing around the spring game. I will start with Xavier Philsamy. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Looked it up on YouTube. So it's close. Hopefully that person was pronouncing it right, but he was right there in the interview. (laughs) Uh, But currently 
feeling pretty good about that one. Him being on campus for the spring game may just be the final move to get his commitment. I mean, Georgia was thought to be the early leader here. But Florida nailed the visit from the Texas prospect that's originally from Florida. Family's still in the state. So that's a big plus. I mean, he continued Florida getting top prospects to get this 2024 class started. So I think if there's if there's one that's going to happen around the spring game, maybe at the spring game, we'll see timeline-wise. But I think if, the, if there's one that's going to pop this week, that's the one I'd be looking out for. But let's get to other ones I feel good about. Not necessarily a timeline of this week around the spring game, but I'll give you three other ones. I start feeling pretty good about here for Florida. Four-star cornerback Jamari Howard. 103rd overall player. He's committed to Michigan State from South Florida. Has that 6'2 size that's so ideal for cornerback and, and a top target for Corey Raymond. Been on campus twice this spring. Looking to make that official visit in June. I'm not sure of the timeline, but I'm, I'm optimistic Florida gets a big-time flip here at the cornerback spot. Now, if you notice, all these, all these right now, I think Florida's further along on the defensive recruiting. All my guys I feel okay to pretty good about right now, all on the defensive side of the football. Continue that with four-star linebacker Christopher Jones, 143rd overall from Virginia. You got Miles Graham committed. You got a Darius Hayes committed. Two top-tier elite linebackers. Florida could put a nice cap on that position with another high-profile linebacker. Been to Gainesville three times so far. Florida's battling all the big programs. Jay Bateman leading the charge. 6'2", 220, could get in that 230 range. Still don't have junior season stats, but going back to his sophomore season, 142 tackles, 26 tackles for loss, 10 sacks. Released the top 12. Florida's on that list with Georgia, LSU, Maryland, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, Tennessee, Virginia, Virginia Tech. So from that Virginia area, so you, know, you got to battle those schools up there in that area too. But the big... You know, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, Tennessee, all in the mix as well. And then we'll go local. Three-star edge rusher Kendall Jackson says he won't decide anytime soon, but him being in Gainesville, been on campus countless times from Gainesville Buholtz. And with Florida changing some things around on defense, they've told him they see him as an edge, and that really, really appeals to him. Not highly ranked, but, you know, really jumped off the page when you watch him. And I remember watching the game last year, I believe, Gainesville Buholtz playing Columbia. Was watching for all the Gator commits at the time. Creed Whittemore was still committed to Florida. Had Gaden, uh, or Gavin Hill there for, uh, on Gainesville Buholtz too, up front with Kendall Jackson. And Kendall Jackson was the guy that was standing out to me. You know, we're playing the Columbia, Jaden Robinson. So there was a lot of Gator commits in, in this game. But I came away really, really impressed with Kendall Jackson. Kept popping up. On three, does rank him as a four-star. 294th, over, 294th overall. 
24-7 has him as a three-star, 525th overall. So there's the, the big gap in difference there between the services. Now, 24-7, I don't expect it to stick that low. I do expect him to rise in those services. Not sure how much, but it should happen. But last year, 65 tackles, 22 for loss, 12 and a half sacks, three pass breakups, two interceptions, one was a pick six, two forced fumbles. So a playmaker there for Gainesville Buholtz playing some pretty good competition. So looking out for those there. Commit watch. You know, Kendall Jackson, like I said, not showing the timeline, but man, he's, he's in Gainesville. He's around it all the time. Get caught up in the atmosphere, maybe, of being there at spring game on Thursday night. The ones right there feel good about, but look about it this past weekend. And we're looking forward there, but there's some big visitors for the Gators this past weekend as well. Dalen Evans was kind of a surprise announcement last week that he was going to visit Florida. Big visitor from the state of Texas. Currently committed to Texas A&M, but Florida made up some serious ground this past weekend by selling him you know, both edge positions. Very coached by Mike Peterson. You know, the traditional defensive end, and then the jack roll. Joe Hamilton, like, hey, if you're in Texas, Joe Hamilton's on you. And he's coming up big once again from a, with a player from the state of Texas. And the Gators are right behind Texas A&M right now. Went on to say, quote, I feel good here. This is the closest thing to A&M. Maybe a little better if you ask me. Evans is the 155th ranked player setting up an official visit in June Defensive lineman from the state of Texas. Bordeaux Mack, four-star from Louisiana, visited. Love his time with Corey Raymond. Taking a, page of, taking a full page of notes on his visit as he's talking to Corey Raymond. Gators get themselves um, probably a visit here, an impressive visit. Maybe in June, getting that official visit. Top 100 cornerback is Wardell Mack. LSU, Texas, Florida, Florida State is garnering interest. So you hopefully, you know, being from the state of Louisiana, of course, probably going to be a tough pull. But LSU having that interest as well. Hopefully, Corey Raymond, that reputation in that state pays off down the road. Let's go offense. Big storyline over the weekend. Florida found themselves hosting the top two running backs in the nation. First, Jarrett Gibson. Gainesville native, of course, but he says staying close to home, not necessarily a priority for him. But one thing appealing that he did see in practice and, and dating back to Florida last season under this staff is how Florida uses their young players. That's appealing to him, and he's close with freshman Najee Harris and Will Norman, seeing those guys make practice, oh, seeing those guys make plays in practice, running with the first teams. Has, scheduled, has visits scheduled for Georgia, Texas, Bama, Tennessee, not clear if Florida will get one yet or if Florida even needs one with how many times he's been on campus and can be on campus. But, of course, Texas is the leader right now for Jared Gibson. I think uh, hard to pull him away from there as I think they lead. We'll see where that one goes. Cam Davis is number two running back in the country, committed to FSU for about two years now. Loves the way Florida uses and relies on the running backs to go along with his staff's reputation of developing offensive linemen. Still not sure if he's taking any official visits. 
while getting the top two running backs on campus for Florida. Look, it's big. Absolutely, it's big. It should be applauded. I don't see either happening at the moment, but look, you always keep the channels open and recruit. The way the transfer portal works these days, you never know what an impression now can make later. I've been asked, you know, on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord and others, you know, why, you know, why, if there's not a high chance of these guys coming to Florida, well, first of all, you never turn down a visit. You just don't. The guy wants to come on campus, you let him come on campus. You never know what that impression will make. You never know what impression you'll make this weekend that we see. We see it every offseason right now how crazy the transfer portal is. Some guys, it doesn't even make any sense why they're leaving their, why they're leaving their programs. So down the road, you know, Texas recruiting running back is really well. If Jared Gibson ends up going there and finds himself not being able to crack the depth chart or getting as many carries as he wants, okay, then you've recruited in the past. You've kept that channel open. You impressed him back in the day. Maybe he would transfer to Florida down the road and is an impact player. So that's why you keep hosting guys no matter what it looks like at the moment. It may pay off immediately, or it may pay off down the road. All right, before we wrap it up, let's get to two receivers as well. Four-star Mario Craver from Alabama was able to meet Billy Gonzalez for the first time. Or, uh, yeah, uh, one receiver here, Mario Craver, yeah. Able to meet Billy Gonzalez for the first time on his second visit to Florida. And it's the second visit this spring. So he's been on campus pretty recently. Twice staff told him at, at, at practice, he was watching practice on Saturday, watch Ricky Pearsall, watch Aiden Mazel, watch Andy Jean, as he can fit into what they do as receivers. Florida using examples at practice, say, hey, watch these guys, watch how we use them, watch how we use their speed, watch how we get creative with them. Watch what they do, this can be you. Craver's a speedster. Florida's been selling that point to him. Billy Gonzalez started selling that point to him. It's like a big-time battle right here brewing between Florida and Auburn. Those two teams hold the, old, uh, hold the early leads right now. Ole Miss may be coming up a bit. Mario Craver visiting twice. First time meeting Billy Gonzalez this past weekend. See if it pays dividends there. There you go. Some notable visitors from this past weekend for the Gators. Even more coming up this weekend or this Thursday night for the spring game. Look, that was some of the visitors. Uh, I think even more will probably be announced. Recording this on Sunday night. I think even more will be announced as the week goes on. Excited to see it all. If you're going to Thursday, if you're going to the spring game on Thursday, I'll be around the front of the stadium there, around all the tents, around the gator walk. Come say hello. Stop by. I'll be walking around that area. If you see me, don't be shy. Say hello. <laughs> uh, looking forward to meeting I met so many of you last year for the spring game. Um, so looking forward to doing it again. Um, you know, not normal being on a Thursday. The tailgate scene is not really like it is for a game. So get to, get to uh, peruse a little bit more for the spring game. So should be a fun time. Should be a fun time on Thursday. If you can make it, go make it. Admission's free. Billy Napier admitted last week, hey, the reason this thing's on a Thursday, because of recruiting. 
We're not splitting time with any other school. That might be hard for some kids to make it on a Thursday. But for the most part, not splitting it with other schools. So that's the reason. Pretty much the only reason. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. There we go. That would do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button before we sign off right here. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.